The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Let's get right to it. This phase 2 relaunch. Uh, we've been talking about uh, moving it up for a while now, or they were alluding to it. It's happened now. Uh, microbiologist, author of The Germ Code, The Germ Files, and the host of the Super Awesome Sign Show, Jason Tetro, joins us this afternoon. Hey, Jace. Hello. All right, so here we are into stage two, just, uh, what, 13 weeks after the first case of COVID was reported in this province. Uh, Your thoughts on on where we are so far? Well, I mean, we've been doing a fantastic job. And, um, I mean, up here in Edmonton, we've we've just been, you know, top-notch. We could rival BC. Uh, With Calgary and Brooks, though, they've really sort of come up to uh, what they needed to do and they got everything to uh, reduce in terms of cases. Uh, they, they, you know, got back to doing the proper social and physical distancing. So the reality is um, when people understand that they have to do this, they're going to do this. And I think mm-hmm. this is in a way a bit of a reward that we're going to have a little bit more than what we thought was going to be phase two. So not only are we having it you know, a bit sooner, we're also going to have the ability to do things we didn't think we were going to be able to do at least until the fall. Yeah, and, and Jason, there's there's still some concern, and we've we've talked all the way through this about a potential of a second wave as mm-hmm. uh, restrictions are lifted. We certainly see with the protests that have been going on around the world, North America, right here at home, there's some concerns about that as well. What are your thoughts? What are you hearing on that? Well, you got to remember one thing. When we first started talking about this virus, the first thing we said was, it's like SARS. And as you might remember, we were able to get rid of SARS. It's never come back. It never had a second wave. So the fact is that maybe, just maybe, we might still be able to get ourselves into that position where we can eliminate the potential for that virus to circulate in our communities. Now, I'm not saying that that's really the case, but when you start looking at other areas of the world, um, whether it be uh, the Far East or Iran and that type of thing, they've seen some bumps but they've never seen that wave that was expected so the fact of is that while we were very protective and we were very careful to treat this like we would have treated it you know uh, as, a, as a common cold coronavirus which comes around every single year we may be at a point where possibly we could eliminate it so that every, this experience of 2020 has just been once in, in a lifetime and we don't have to worry about it well maybe once in a decade well, you know, that that would be ideal in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. as, as we continue to work towards a vaccine and, and not really know what what is happening <coughs> on that front. But yeah. is that really realistic? I think it is realistic in the sense that uh, we've seen how we can eliminate. Um, we now have at least one place on Earth that has actually accomplished this, which is New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. And so what we understand now is the island mentality if you happen to actually be an island, will work. But here's the thing. Can we now do this by essentially every one of us is an island? And if we treat ourselves appropriately by making sure that we're keeping ourselves protected, our respiratory tracts have a barrier protection, uh, we keep that physical distancing, can we actually get to a point where this virus simply will not be able to spread um, and, and essentially maintain itself? 
When, when, so in New Zealand, they didn't have a case now for what, uh, two weeks, three weeks, or, or mm-hmm. we, uh, I can't remember what it is. When can you say that you've eliminated it? Well, you can say that you've eliminated it essentially after, um, well, I would say three weeks. The two weeks is really just to show that there's been no new cases. And so in that sense, it's eliminated. You kind of want to go a little bit further. They do this yeah. with Ebola as well. Um, even though it can be upwards of uh, a month, they usually wait for six weeks to two months before they declare it gone. I think that we'll probably have to wait a full month before we can say that something has been eliminated. We're not there yet, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we can get there and that if we all listen to what we've been needing to do, listen to uh, you know, Dr. Henshaw, we may be able to eliminate this virus before the end of the fall. So, you know, that's interesting that you, that you say that. And, and I think that some people um, have, well, I know that some people have poo-pooed this virus right from the get-go, mm-hmm. thinking it nothing more than an overblown uh, flu. Yeah. Um, but others saying, you know, otherwise, and, and don't want to pay attention maybe to the rules that are out there. They, they're they not going to wear a mask. They don't care about social distancing, all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We've heard the Premier say that that is paramount. We've heard Dr. Hinshaw say that is paramount. We heard the World Health Organization yesterday saying that complacency is probably the biggest challenge right now. How important is it that we continue to follow the rules set out? Let me give you an example from 10 years ago. That was 2009, well, 11 years ago. Exactly this same week, believe it or not, (laughs) the World Health Organization was telling us not to be complacent about H1N1 swine flu. Because if we Mm. do become complacent, it's going to turn into a worldwide pandemic that's going to last for a year. We were complacent. It did. So the fact Mm. is that you want to make sure that you're listening to that physical, you're keeping that physical distancing. You're keeping that barrier protection when you can't have that physical distancing. And just because we're opening up things um, such as movie theaters and gyms, it's going to be different, and you've got to get used to that. You're not going to have the same way, but that's all designed to be able to make sure that we can eliminate this virus so we can get back to even better concept of normalcy within 2021 to 2022. Um, I was reading a report that came out uh, last night, and it was an article. It was... Um Uh, UC Berkeley team published today in the Journal of Nature saying that emergency health measures implemented in six major countries have significantly and substantially slowed the spread of the coronavirus. And they went on that said uh, as many as... what was it? Uh, oh man, it was it was millions of cases mm-hmm. that were that were um, that were effectively stopped in their tracks because of what has been put in place. Did you read that? Uh, I've seen some extent. Uh, we've been saying this for for some time. This is just another one of those papers. Believe yeah. me, there's like papers every single day on COVID. <laughs> it's crazy. But what it shows you is that when you invoke these emergency measures, it's going to work. The big emergency measure, however, that should have been put in place that wasn't was January 17th and 18th. They should have locked down the Wuhan festival because, and we yeah. talked about this, we were talking about lotus yep. soup and everything. And the yep. fact is, is that um, if they had locked it down because they knew that it was person to person spread, there would be no pandemic. So the fact is, is we are playing catch up. We're doing a good job. And so hopefully before the year is out, we'll have played enough of a catch up so that that lapse in judgment that happened in Wuhan won't be a problem for us for, you know, the next few years.
All right. So um, final words here, uh, Jason, as as we move through phase two, what mm-hmm. are you urging people to keep in mind? I, I just want people to realize that we still have to be making sure that we're keeping that physical distancing and we have to have that barrier protection. And it doesn't matter if you're in a bingo hall, a church, a movie theater, whatever. If you can't maintain that six foot distance or you don't want to, then make sure that you have that barrier protection over your respiratory tract. We're getting so close to being able to beat this virus. I don't want someone to get too complacent and uh, unfortunately ruin it all for us. Uh, and, and remember, they did that in New Brunswick. They had to shut down the province again. So Yeah, that's right. You, you, we already know what can happen with just one person who doesn't follow. Jason, I always appreciate your time. Thanks for this. It was a pleasure. Take care. Yeah, Jason Tetro joining me this afternoon. Yeah, that um, that article I was telling you about, it was research from a UC Berkeley team published today in the journal Nature. And it says, in the first peer-reviewed analysis of local, regional, and national policies, the researchers found that travel restrictions, business and school closures, shelter-in-place orders, and other non-pharmaceutical interventions averted nearly roughly averted roughly 530 million COVID-19 infections across uh, the six countries that were studied in the study period ending April 6th. Uh, Of those infections, 62 million would likely have been confirmed cases given limited testing in each country. It's been tough to go through. We know that. It's been tough to, to figure it out as we have moved through this, but we're coming out the other side.